Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, it's happy Wednesday for you, and it happens to be happy Tuesday for me while I am, uh, we are recording this the afternoon before uh, Kat goes on as, as some her schedules are different. So this is being recorded. So the clock behind me is says Tuesday, but you're seeing us on Wednesday for watching it live. Uh, so I just wanted to let you know that. Uh, I'd like to give people a quick reminder. We're going to get right into Cat here in just a few moments. I'd like to give people a quick reminder of the wells that we're digging in Uganda. We're gonna, this year, we're going to be telling you a lot about the other projects that are underway. Uh, we don't do as much of that because we're doing more of the wells, but we're doing lots of things in the U.S. too. So, All right, without further delay, let's watch that uh, spot on the wells. Her day starts around 7 a.m. After getting dressed, she washes her face using whatever water she has left over from the night before. The rest of her morning is filled with chores. She sweeps, works in the garden, and weaves mats. Her favorite thing to do in the morning is make a hot cup of tea. One of the highlights of her day is seeing her neighbors and friends that pass by. It can get lonely being by yourself. Jaja Goretti is fortunate to have a water source in her village because of Elijah's streams. Her friends and neighbors help her collect water so she can enjoy her cup of tea and care for herself. But that's not the case for everyone. Not everyone has access to a clean water source in their village. Not everyone has someone to help them. But you could be that someone. By donating towards the drilling of clean water wells in Uganda, you are helping thousands of people. You are giving them safe, clean drinking water. That's amazing. I always learn something by watching some of these many times. And I, you know, today it's standing out to me that we do. you can see that you know, they're, they're sweeping the floor, the dirt floor, with uh, some of a rough broom and they're weaving a very primitive basket. They live in these mud type huts. I don't know what they're called. Uh, I haven't really examined the huts that much. And that yet you'll see that the women have these colorful dresses. So I'll have to ask Mike and Lori, how does that work out? Do they get, they're able to get their hands on some of these really nice, pretty, I don't know if nice is the right word. They look like good quality for them. And then they, they yet they live in this, um, the squalor poverty where there's not even any water nearby. You have to walk and walk away. It's a, it's a real contrast. Studying contrast, so. All right, we have Kat Kerr coming on here. Looking forward to this. Uh, so without further delay, here's uh, Wednesdays with Kat and Steve. Well, good afternoon. I guess it's about evening your time, about 6 p.m. for you. Yeah, it's still early for me. <laughs> so your, your day's kind of just getting started. So yeah. anyway, so good to see you, Kat. Uh, we're excited about I've got some questions and uh, after we, after you share whatever's on your heart, we'll talk about the subject of questions, uh, but let's not do that yet. Let's go ahead to where, wherever you want to share to, to the people. All right. I just really want to encourage people that, um, that God is still speaking to me about everything, actually. Um, everything that he has been speaking over the last couple of years, he's still talking about it to me. So for him, it's not like I made this decision and then we'll see how it happens or if it happens, that's not God. Uh, that's man. I can assure you that if God has made a decision to do something, he's going to do it. 
And uh, I've seen himself prove himself over and over and over again to us. Uh, we spoke last week about our home, which we're very excited about. I think finally, yesterday, we finally got everything out of the house that we were living in. And I think we may have mentioned that we're having it fixed up for the owners. They've been good friends of ours, retired now, and um, they want to sell it. So we're going to help them make some more money. And see, that's the way you esteem others more highly than yourself. We're so excited for what God is doing something for us. We're going to do something for someone else. I think that's a good thing for people to do. God loves it when you help other people. But I will tell you this also. All the justice he talked about and all the other things he said would happen are actually happening right now. Uh, some of it I have not been allowed to mention yet. As soon as I can, I will. There are other people already talking about things that are going on. I just know this. And you know what? One thing I'm very blessed about was the game, the football game, which I never watched football games, where I know the guy almost died. And all of a sudden, is it not amazing how quickly everybody went into prayer? Yeah. Is, isn't that something, Steve? Everybody was, everybody was praying everywhere, even on the regular uh, network channels. And, and they said they didn't even care if they minded or not. I'm like, wow, did they see God move for him? That was amazing. And that I was amazing. That was amazing. You know, and I saw I saw a headline yesterday. I haven't seen the story because I don't watch that much news these days. It's too depressing. But I, I saw right. a headline on the on the net and it said he'd been checked out of the hospital and sent home. I didn't yeah. know that. And That's I think, are you kidding? He went from they had him into in a in a induced coma, which yeah. they do. Uh, if they think they're swelling on the brain, they'll put them in a re in induced coma. But wow, that, that was amazing. Did, something Republicans, Democrats, they were all praying together. The football teams who didn't care about God for a while are all of a sudden now beseeching him on, on, the, on the players' behalf. I'm like, you never know what's going to turn people's hearts. And so I think out of everything that happened in this last week or so, that was the most miraculous thing that happened that people actually sought God himself for who he is and for prayer and for healing. And I just think it's so amazing of God to show that he loves people. He does love and he does care. And so I have to think that's probably still the highlight uh, for me was that miracle that happened to yeah. that young man, that young player, and how many people prayed all over the world. It wasn't just here in our country. It wasn't even just the teams. And even other teams are still praying. And uh, so I thought that was that was really amazing. And and even at the Jaguar game, did you all notice that they prayed for him? And and he's not even a Jaguar. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. So I, I just wanted to make that point that people who are always against God never know that they're gonna have to call on him. And I yeah, just, you can I, imagine the millions and millions of people that saw that that there had to be a couple hundred players and staff that were on that field. I mean, I don't know how to right. I wasn't it looked like it was hard to count. There was a lot. There was, was a whole it? lot of people there. So anyway, I think out of all the things I could have mentioned or talked about that God was involved with, it was that game. It was the miracle. So good. So good. I have a so. question to ask you, Kat, about, um, I have, you know, I know you, I've known you for 10 years. I know God is always, always talking to you, always yeah. taking you on trips. Okay. I get that. I have no problem believing that. And I actually have no problem of accepting that he's telling you something you're not going to be allowed to say, but 
I do know some people say, well, how come you can't tell us bits and pieces more? People must ask you that. I've never asked you that. Uh, How would you respond to that? I think people try and say, when I'm allowed to, I will. You will. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Um, Now, is there anything else you want to share? I want to make sure before we get into questions. No, I'm just so grateful for all the people who've been standing with us for us to have a home. Because as you know, Steve, we've been living in our offices. I know. And, And that's not like having a home, trust me. Our home became our office. And then we lived there for quite a while. And we didn't really have even much personal furniture in there. We had a lot of stuff after being there for almost 17 years. You know, that's what took so long to pack. But um, now, of course, we're also looking for office space. We're actually going to have an office building that's going to really help promote and accelerate what we're doing for God. um, uh, Concerning our heaven, the heaven uh, assignment that God has given me. So we're looking forward to all of that and looking forward to many changes for people, blessings for people, God moving his hand for people. You're going to see a whole lot more of that happening. Um, but I'm still really, really still happy about what happened for the players. Yeah, so, so, so good. Really good stuff. So, all right, let's talk about the questions. Now, I've got three or four ready to go and another three, four behind that. But just before we came on the air, you and I were talking and the staff were talking and We've been getting a lot of questions where people say, well, what about this scripture? How do you play? How do you explain this? And they give you another scripture. You have never represented yourself as Bible answer, man. You, no, you're a revelator, right? So, so right. people are not supposed to be asking us or filling us up with questions about why explain the scripture. And we kind of got in more into the weeds by doing more of those. And then we're forcing you to say, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, tell people, maybe off the top of your head, we were just talking about so you don't have notes or anything, what type of questions they should be asking that you can answer and that you, you like to answer? What type of questions? I would say probably things you always wanted to know about God, about Holy Spirit, about Jesus Christ, uh, things you always wanted to know about heaven or the future, like just the future in general. Those are really great questions to ask, places that actually exist in heaven, things you get to do in heaven. What do they look like? What does the food taste like? You know, what is your mansion like? Has everybody got the same mansion? I mean, there's so many questions you could, you could actually go to and ask about that subject, which is the number one subject God has asked me to reveal is to reveal heaven to earth. Yeah. So it's like you've seen the location, geography, if you would put it, it's a spiritual place. So geography probably doesn't apply, but you've seen the landscape, the layout, the places. And is it, does it, does it seem to you that there would be almost infinite number of questions people could ask you about what you've seen if they if they only knew what you knew? Yeah, they probably are. Okay. They probably are. It would probably be, I would say, unlimited almost. Okay. Almost All right. Unlimited. Now, we, we talked about a question just before we came on that I said, give me an example of one that you could answer that people don't ask. Or you they And so you, you just came up with this and you said, so if someone said, what happens uh, when you die to the anointing that's in you? Because everyone has it. So what happens to that? So that, that's my question. I'm going to throw, throw that question back to you. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I will actually mention the scripture to start it. Okay, cool. First John 27. All right. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that would be everybody who gets saved, you get a deposit of the anointing. And it actually lives in you. 
I am not talking about being anointed to sing or you know or create things. This is an anointing that goes to every single believer, and Jesus Christ actually gives you a deposit of the anointing. What does the anointing do? It destroys the yoke of darkness, no matter what you pray it over. Uh, actually, the disciples used it all the time. Even Peter and Paul did when they they said that Peter's shadow healed people. That was not his shadow. That was a cloud of the anointing. The more you release the anointing that abides in you, the greater it becomes. It grows and grows and grows till it becomes like a cloud in the spirit. And then when you walk past people, things begin to happen. And that's what happened to Peter and Paul. People got saved. Uh, they got delivered. Demons ran out. And this is all actually scriptural stuff. It's just that when you, of course, in heaven, you everybody knows about that now. But that's one of the most powerful things. It's actually a weapon given to you at, when you were born again. And no matter what you're praying for, you should release the anointing into those things. We used to release it into the seats of chairs. We'd go somewhere and see what would happen. Some people would jump up. Some people would, wouldn't know what to say. Some people would just start saying glory to God. Wow. Uh, we, we have a lot of testimonies that were recorded where people got healed. Their, their family relations were brought back together because they applied the anointing that they carried. And guess what? When you die, the anointing is for your body. It stays with the bones. It does not go to heaven with you. You don't need that anointing in heaven. You need it on the earth. And so, like, for instance, when Elisha went up into the hills and died, and then years and years later, I mean, his body turned to bones, right? And right. they threw somebody over this precipice. It was a dead person. They touched Elisha's bones, their dead body. This is scriptural. And they came back to life because of the anointing that was in the body of Elisha. So wow. there is power. God gives you power in that. The more you release it, uh, we release it into our car. And wherever we drive, the anointing makes like streaks on the road in the spirit. When people drive over it, things will go and begin to invade them from God. Uh, we release it into buildings when we go by. It's a really awesome way to pray for your family. Release it into clothing you give them, gifts you give them, phone calls you make to them. Uh, they can't see it, but it will begin to invade their life and bring God into their life. So if I release, I'm going to give it to maybe an unsafe friend, and I'm going to give them a shirt. My wife and I give yeah. someone a shirt. We release the anointing. Maybe both of us do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's going to be good. Now, here's I, I think I know what you're going to say in this, but I'm going to just say it. So we give it to him, he wears it once, and then he washes it off. The anointing's gone, right? No. The anointing will never leave what you apply it to. It does never, it never dissipates, it never stops, it never goes away. That's why it's still in your bones when you wow. die. Even, even dust didn't take it away. So he he washes it multiple times and finally one day he gives it to goodwill and someone buys it at the goodwill. It's still on there. That would be surprising if he gave it to the goodwill. Well, he may not realize it's on there. You know, yeah, I was. Things would begin to happen, and it would. He would feel good. He would probably hear God. Oh wow! Uh, all kinds of things begin to happen because it ties you to God. That's what it does. The anointing. That's what the anointing does. And it's, it's not, Cat. Am I hearing you say? Let's say we give a shirt, but we we have the anointing, but we don't say the prayer. We don't le release it. We just give him the shirt. He doesn't have the anointing if we just give him the shirt. And because just because we have it doesn't mean he has it. Unless you wore it a lot yourself. Oh, okay. Unless it was yes. one of those like that. So oh, the anointing will actually seep into things that you wear that are yours. Um, my dad, 
Um, his favorite thing that I got from him when he passed to heaven was his old beat up sweater. He wore it more than anything else. There's so much anointing in that sweater. Now in his ashes, I still can touch the urn and feel his anointing. Really? When I was in Israel, we were there. I got to go into King David's tomb and I could feel the anointing that King David carried coming from his body. In the tomb. That's crazy. Now you said we get a deposit. Does the anointing in us grow over time? Can we have if, more anointing? If you use it, yes. Only if you use it will it multiply. That's right. Well, that's People good. Are now sitting all over the world, sitting on their anointing, doing nothing with it, not even knowing how powerful it is to help people. Doreen, by the way, my wife, Doreen, you've met Doreen. You've been here in our house. She, she got a hold of this a, a number of months ago, and I didn't get it as fast. I guess over my head, she's been releasing things everywhere she goes, all over this, all over that, sending people. And I'm going. And I, I'm going, really? So that's a real thing. And, and I had forgotten that that it didn't. I mean, I knew it was real, but I didn't remember that it didn't wash off or anything. I think in my yeah. pea brain, I would have thought, well, <laughs> I don't know how you wash up something that's spiritual. But um, so if you use it. All right. Um, what else did I want to ask? I think. can't. Um, so it's not like Kat, you can't say, Lord, increase my anointing because you're saying. It's an automated thing. If you use it, you'll get it will it's grow. It's up to you. It's up well, to you. You increase it by using it. That's good. You know, there's not a lot of teaching, and you're the only one as a revelator that I've ever learned that from. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Um, and that anointing does remain. Okay, cool. Well, you cool. know, Peter and Paul, that's why they released it into fabrics and they would lay it on people and people get healed. They sometimes they get raised from the dead, sometimes demons would run out. Because they put it in a piece of cloth and put it on the person. And so See, people are quite sure back then would line up for those pieces of cloth. Well, right. And I, you know, again, my pea brain, I'm just, I try to be like everybody else. I'm going, well, so they did that. They, they and they released their faith in the cloth. The person, you know, exercised their faith with the cloth. And then they got healed and it became, it was a faith thing to me almost. Like, oh, one fake is not fake. No, I don't mean fake, uh, a faith, F-A-I-T-H. Oh, faith. Yeah, faith. F-A-I-T-H, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. so, but you're saying it's not just faith because it's it operates outside of faith, right? Yes, because the people who are it's given to or whatever, if someone's praying or releasing into them, they may not even have a clue unless they're told later. But the healing is based on the anointing and the strength of the anointing is based on you how often you use it, you release it, it grows, just like it did for Peter and Paul. Can you um, contrast or, or or give me a differentiation between the anointing that you just described and someone will say, well, Ruth Heflin was, was famous for praising until the glory came. Yeah. Um, I believe a few times I've experienced the glory. I know I've seen it a couple of times. What's the difference when the glory comes on you versus the anointing that's in you? Um, can you kind of, I know it's very different. So what's the difference? Well, sometimes the, the glory is, um, the glory is tied to probably something else you're doing or that you're involved with or how long you've been involved with that too. But the anointing, the anointing that breaks the yoke always can be used. And it can be used by any believer um, no matter whether you just started doing it or you you learn about using it, that's always available to you. 
these other um like the glory the, the the glory falling and everything sometimes god does that but sometimes people are uh, actually do carry the glory thanks for listening the elijah streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner go to elijahstreams.com slash give we will eventually carry the glory actually that's the whole purpose for it how do i know christ in you is the hope of glory you begin to understand how he operates how he wants you to operate you you create glory for god and then i would always just give it back to him and to the give time him, give him said, back the glory yeah i, I always wanna... do uh, any glory made for what i do for him until he finally said do you not realize you're supposed to carry it carry you it i know you're supposed to carry the glory of god yeah the knowledge the understanding and knowing of the glory will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea how is that going to happen if you all don't take it there? Well, and is this, I've heard this many times by people that teach on the glory. They'll say, if you, if you wait for the glory to come, the healing is easy in the glory. Is that, that would be your kind of also true. In other words, there's the healing in the anointing and there's healing in the glory. I guess you, you, the best thing is all of the above, right? Yes. Uh, even the baptism and fire, these are things that will be begin to consume the earth. Uh, there's a measure of them now, but it's about to be something in this this accelerated time on the earth. You're going to see a lot more about the about the glory and about the baptism and fire. Okay, I want to come to another question that this has been on me for uh, a week or two or more. I didn't hear anyone teach on it. I just began to read Ephesians and and it. I've been I keep going back to it where right in the first chapter, maybe the second, I think it's the first where. And I looked in the Passion Translation in this particular case, but the truth is the same. It says that the that the same love that the Father has for Jesus, for the Son, the exact same love he has for us. And I'm going, wow, that is that really true? I know it's true. I would have said it's true. But to hear it uh, detail, here's my question. How do we, this is ethereal, so how do we tap in to the love that the father has for the son. How do we grab hold of that so that, because I feel like once I get that in my deepest part of the soul and spirit, then I would understand how much he loves me with that scripture. How would you tell someone to get a hold of how much the father loves the son? I think it's pretty obvious reading the word of God and the things that he did for his son, how much he loved him. But how much he loved us also that he was willing to give him, I think is one of the best ways to understand that, is to see that uh, he was, of course, I would have to say his number one, his son was, and yet he was willing to sacrifice him for all of us because of the love he has for us. I think it's one of the greatest examples of tapping into that love that God has for us. But you'll never be the same when you ever do that, when you, when you actually get to do that, you won't. You'll always seek out more and more of his love, to know him more, uh, to please him more, uh, even his son said how much it was his, you know, how much he loved to please the father. And he could only say what the father said or do what the father did. He totally was tied into the father in the way he, that he, um, he mentored him in his, in his whole, his whole life, Christ. So I would have to say for me, that probably be the number one way to find out about it and is to study what he gave up with his son for us. To know him. That's good. Really, really good. All right. Where do I want to go? Um, Let's talk about, we talked about this out there too. Do people, you know, we, my accent, my name means crowned one. Stephen means crowned one. And I've always liked that once I heard it because 
we were supposed to, you know, we hear about casting our crowns. Uh, or or we'll receive, when I was a little boy, they'd say you get a crown in heaven. But, um, but the question is, do we have more crowns and why would we would we do things with them? Or are we casting them all at Jesus all the time? Or talk about crowns. There will be a time in heaven when we do. We get a, everyone has, of course, a soul winner's crown. If you if you win people to the Lord, that's one of the number one ones that you have. But this, I have been in people's mansions and seen like eight different crowns. You actually have a crown room to keep them in, and then you you can take them and wear them around heaven. That's fine. But there will be a mass thing that we all do together. That we do. Everyone has a crown. You get a crown when you go to heaven. And we will throw that at his feet just to honor what he did for us, you know, and the price he paid for us. So that is actually something that will happen in heaven. But you have actually many crowns that you can earn in heaven. And and it's amazing to see God's willingness to bless all of us in heaven. And you earn it on the earth and then you receive it in heaven. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, The soul winner's crown, like, okay, so our people donate to us and so that we can support the prophets and also to dig these wells in Uganda, for instance. And with without me even realizing it, people started getting saved. So several thousand have gotten saved because of these wells we dug. And I didn't even realize it was going that way. There's a soul winner's crown for the people that gave into that ministry. Does that, yes, that still apply? Yes, absolutely, because they cause souls to be saved. That's huge. That's huge. All they did was donate. I can hear a person say, well, I just was supporting your ministry. I mean, I get a soul winner's crown. I've never led someone to the Lord and I get a soul winner's crown. That's right. I like that. (laughs) A lot of people probably just grabbed onto that. Let's see. Um, Let me jump in. These are my pre-written. Here's um, Elijah, who's age 10, is wanting to know, do all the colors in heaven have a special different meaning? And do you know what any of those colors mean? If if so. I know a few of the colors mean, um, and for other people, they can mean different things. And if God starts connecting with you with colors or numbers, then you will learn different, the possibility of what they could mean. Uh, I do know that one is a prophet's color. I know purple means royal. I know that the father, well, the father loves teal. That's one of his favorite colors. Um, and you must know that in the Bible where it talks about, uh, when, um, I'm trying to get this name up, when John stands before the throne of God in heaven and he sees the rainbow and he says, I saw a rainbow like unto an emerald. He did not say it was an exact emerald color. He was talking about the color of teal because teal is one of the main colors that you'll see around the throne a lot in heaven. And so uh, I do know that that is a royal, royal is purple. I know that um, Revelation is probably teal. Some people would say it would be emerald. And so there's other colors, of course, red, the blood of Christ. There's there's ones that people know. I think blue stands for prophet. There's other different things. But like I said, people, God could pick different colors to represent different things for you. Okay, because he's personal. He's a personal God. Yes, he is. He would say for you, red is glory. For someone else, red yeah. is the blood. That's or right. Something. Okay, cool. Uh, I just remembered what I was going to ask you. Uh, it just popped back into my head. Kat, I've, I remain fascinated with trying to grab hold of the answer to this. Like once once people go to heaven and they're so happy and it's so blissful and the, kind of the former things are passed away and yet they look in down to the portals and they see I'm fascinated to understand our memory, our memory from earth 
like when you're when you're walking in the glorious house and you're going to the places in heaven and you're and you're doing all things you're in the throne room my 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 question is to what degree do they remember events or things or relationships and wonder what's going on is the is the entire memory intact in when when you go to bed I would say uh, things that are really special to you especially you know family special events that you got to be a part of and stuff like that of course those are always going to be special to you but people are so consumed with jesus christ in heaven you know but then he talks about us he'll talk about you know certain things and certain events and stuff that you were a part on the earth and he was happy that you got to be a part of those things so i think it goes both ways i don't think everything is wiped from you i know that you don't know about anything tragic or bad or stuff like that but of course you're going to remember your family you make plans for them to come you keep lists of places to take them in heaven so it's not like you're you know you're forgotten by them or stuff like that are you kidding yeah. They can't wait for you to get there and see what's there. So, yes, they are literally making places to take you when you get there. I think where this got sewn into me as a, as a question, and not a problem or anything, but I just like, man, I see. Because a prophet that would be known, I mean, I don't have his permission to quote him, but uh, he wrote a book, and he in the book he said he was he was had some visitations to heaven. And one of the visitations he saw a former um you know, pastor or something that had been a mentor to him, but he had also picked on him and kind of wasn't very nice to him. And he said, yeah. when he saw when he had this visitation to heaven, this person said, I'm sorry for how I treated you on earth. Would that happen? I'm sure that it does happen sometimes. It's not required and nobody requests it, but people just want to say it sometimes. But they would remember that's I think that's where I'm going. They would remember that they didn't treat you right. Yeah, I don't think it's something they dwell on. I think that yeah. they're aware of that. Okay. You know, and so they would, of course, they're going to want to say they're sorry to you. Okay. All right. Let's see. Amanda's asking, are there are there war dances in heaven like we see in many tribes throughout the earth? Have you ever seen them? The reason I ask is because twice now I have felt led to do what I can only describe as a war dance with stomping and sharp movements. Oh, yes, they definitely have some, and some of them have war drums. Uh, some have lightning staffs that they dance with, and they absolutely look like something just like that. So, yeah, you, you would see stuff like that in the throne room, especially uh, when, they're, when they're praying over different things or declaring different things. You totally would see that. I see these angels, uh, well, well, they're hosts. They have blue feathers as part of their hair. Really? And, and I've been in, like, Colorado and I think Reno. And both times they showed up, there was some of the most powerful prayer and a warfare being done. And those angels were there doing that. They're doing warfare on our behalf while they're yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they were on the earth doing it here on the earth for us. Yeah, I think years ago I heard you talk about pageantry in heaven. What What have you seen as far as pageantry? Do they have gatherings where massive pageantry and flags and... Yes. Flags especially, and whatever's on the flag, the images on the flag come alive. And uh, it's just some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And they do love pageantry in heaven. I know some people don't think it's not something you should have in church. I would encourage them. Uh, even dance done as a holy thing, I think is something that's very powerful to do in, in your church services. And uh, they also have things like that in heaven also, in the throne room. 
That's good. So it's not that they put flags in heaven because we thought of it down here, right? No. It's the other way around. Yes. They were already doing it. So well, I have people, many people I know, a number of them, and there are, what would be the way? Obsessed isn't the right word, but they are so, so into making specific flags with specific yes. symbols and certain things like an eagle or a lion or whatever. And I'm thinking, I mean, I know that it's a that it's a gift and I know it's a desire, but I I don't have the same, but they are so into making this just right. Is that just the, the Lord birthing that in there? I'm sorry. I was well, being... no, so I'm yeah, so I when they have this this obsession, it's not the right word, upset when they're just getting all of these passionate. Uh, Creation, yeah, the these creatures on the flag. This they're getting this passion from from heaven to do that very yes. thing. Is that right? That's right. Okay, cool. All right. Um, here's if you know this one's I, I and I saw this question in two different forms. So I'm going to read what it's written, and I'm going to read you the other way. I saw this question. This one it says, "Cat, I'm curious about why the northern lights were created on Earth." And what is their purpose? And the other question that I remember seeing was, did the, are there northern lights or what what amounts to that in heaven? If you've seen them. Yes, those come from the stones of fire. That actually is from one of the things that creates the rainbow from the father. Yeah. And they move the these um these um the when the father talks about his bow, his rainbow, and those colors around the throne. They move like the northern lights. That's what the northern lights represent. You know, you said just stones of fire just now. I've heard you say that the stones of fire were in the Father. Are they also yeah. in heaven outside of the Father, if I can put it that yeah, way? Yeah, there's huge ones outside. He has a throne. Oh. He also has a throne outside, and there's massive stones of fire around that throne. What Can you try to describe what yeah, they look like and how to... There's do a people just go the throne room, a mountain... And embedded in these mountains are some of the stones of fire and they burn and the rainbows shoot off of them, just like the Northern Lights. They also go up around his throne. They also go inside of him and outside of him. So there's really some spectacular things that I don't always have an opportunity to talk about, but totally the Northern Lights. I always knew the Northern Lights was something from God and I've never seen them in person except when I was a little girl in New York. Um, but I love the movement, how they move back and forth like this. Yeah, totally. The rainbow is not stagnant like this. It moves in and out of him. You know, in science fiction terms here, to use an analogy, I guess, you think of if you saw stones of fire or something, you'd think of, well, this looks like a, this is acting like a power source. If you see yeah. something on a, is, are the stones of fire kind of like a, like that? Are they just something to look at or are they doing? Oh, no, they bring revelation. Revelation is carried in those stones of fire. And um, they're used for other different purposes, but mainly that. I think mainly it's the revelation that comes from the Father. And, uh, okay, I'm looking. We have uh, seven or eight minutes left. So as we're wrapping towards the seven or eight minutes, is uh, if they're revelation, I love that, by the way. Um, do people that go to heaven, if they went and visited the stones of fire, would they have revelation coming to them? More revelation? I think people would. There's different areas on the city streets where the streets are go that you have that you can get a revelation. 
Okay, cool. Um, Mike is asking this. Kat has said that the Lord can send a layer of our soul out to minister while we sleep. Yes. And does she know if I if I will have control of this in heaven? I, I don't know what he means, control of this. Can it be fully present visiting with one person, fully present with Jesus, working in his workshop and so on? I guess they're saying, do you, can your layers go two different places in heaven? Oh, I don't know about heaven at all. I know that okay. I'm sent you out on assignment for something. Interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, and Jaslyn's wanting to know, here's one for heaven. Does Jesus wear jewelry in heaven apart from crowns? If so, what have you seen him wear that you would consider like jewelry, if, if there's anything like that? I don't know that I've really seen a lot of that type of thing with him. I think the crown, of course, he's got more than one crown, so he can wear those whenever he wants to. But I really want a few moments at the end to pray for the people, if that would be all right. Yeah, why don't you finish that question, and then I'll let you, we'll just do that, okay? Yeah. I know he's got some bands that have things written on him, wristbands. I've seen him with different wristbands. You know, that, that I don't know what it's saying. Yeah. He also has, um, I don't know what more to call them, not necklaces, but they're almost like a thing. It's like a necklace you wear, but it's got a key, but the key looks like a gemstone. And you fit them in different places in the city wall to open open gates for you. That much I do know. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, go ahead and do, do what's on your heart as far as praying for the people. Yeah. Yeah, Father, this day I thank you in Jesus' name for your power being felt everywhere by everybody, God. I thank you for your love, your life. Your, your presence to be seen and felt everywhere, God, that your will be done your way in this day in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for wholeness and healing and life and hope and joy to come to all the people out there this day, Father, in Jesus' name, that they know that they can trust you and that you love them more than anything. I thank you all that you've given to us and made possible for us, Father, in these yes, days to know you more and also to help us be more like you. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen and amen. Now, we give your website every time. It's revealingheaven.com and catcur.com. I do encourage you to give into Cat Kerr's ministry. That's the one place on the Internet, she said. You can give to her is at catcur.com. No other place if anyone's asking for money in her name or her picture. It's not her. It's only it's at catcur.com. So. Cat, thank you so much. God bless you. We love you very much. And we will see you again next time yeah. all right <laughs> hey thanks a lot we'll see you later okay bye-bye this has been elijah streams thanks for listening for more episodes like this you can listen to the elijah streams podcast at elijahstreams.com on apple google and spotify join us live every weekday at 11 a.m pacific time at elijahstreams.com on rumble and facebook Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.